Welcome into the Gump Runners Podcast, episode 67, Chase Thornton, Lester Mitchell, Jeremy Long with you tonight. Um, the, the final episode before week one of the Alabama season and uh, week one of the college football season. I know we had week zero uh, last week. You know, Vandy leading the nation right now in points per game, total offense. I mean, you just you can't stop the doors. Like, whatever you try to do, you, you just – you cannot stop Vandy right now. Nobody can. I mean, they're rolling through everybody they played, and nobody wants to taste a Vandy right now, um, especially Elon. They're going to come out. They're going to get their ass whooped this weekend. Vandy's going to be 2-0. and Watch out for the doors. Big sleeper team. But um, University of Alabama gets kicked off against Utah State. Auburn's playing Mercer, both at home. Been a while since, uh, since Alabama's gotten to play week one at home. We'll discuss that in a little bit. But um, we'll jump right into to the, the depth chart that was released on Monday. Um, surprises, really nothing um, too surprising. I know we were talking about um, the star position. I know in the second scrimmage, I mean, Brian Denny, a couple of week weekends ago, um, Malachi Moore got a lot of reps with the or all the reps with the first teams at that star position. Brian Branch came in to play money in the dime package. Um, but uh, whenever there was just the, your four two five straight nickel defense, it was Malachi Moore running there. So, uh, Lester, what do you, what do you think about the battle between Penny's boy, as you, as you like to call Malachi, and uh, and Brian Branch? You know, we all thought that Branch would be the guy, but um, you know, Malachi got all the reps in the scrimmage, and now it's flipped back to to Branch. So tell me, tell me what you think about this battle, and and how you think Branch will fare? Or do you want Malachi there? Yeah, I I think Malachi's just suffered from a series of unfortunate events. Um between getting hurt and Branch just developing into this kind of, into this guy. And like you guys were talking about the two big mess ups that Brent, that Malachi had um, in the ball games. I'm sure that y'all go into more detail about that, but I mean, it happens. You get hurt, you lose your job. I mean, look at Drew Sanders. I mean, he transferred to Arkansas. Is he a dang good talent? Yeah, but you got hurt and the next guy came up and took your job. So I feel like this is what happens in this situation. Um, Saban, I'm sure trusts Branch a whole lot more in that role. So, um, yeah, yeah, looking for Branch to, as we predicted, to come in and ball out. J Law, if Alabama starts in the four two five, I'm gonna, you're you're more than likely gonna have Tim Smith and Byron Young roll out as the two interior defensive linemen with, of course, Will Anderson and Dallas Turner on the edge. Um, is that something that you would have predicted? And, you know, we know Dale is a traditional nose guard. He's not really going to play too much um, in a in a two-down lineman set, not including the outside backers. But, you know, Tim Smith, Byron Young, not a lot of hype about Tim Smith over the summer. And then, you know, as camp emerged, everybody was talking about how much he's improved. So is Tim Smith somebody you're going to trust immediately or you got you to gotta show it to me? Yeah, you know, with our big question when we restarted the pod, I think in the spring and maybe after spring practice was who's gonna step up on the defensive line? Like they have guys that you know. There's quite a there's a few more top one hundred overall players on the defensive line coming out of high school than you'd think just based off of the quality of play that you've gotten out of it. Boyd B and Byron Young and Tim Smith, I think, was a consensus top fifty-five overall player. So, I mean, like, it's time for these guys to step up. Am I surprised that it's Tim Smith? A little bit, yeah, because coming out of the spring, I think Saban even said it in his Wednesday press conference, 
like Jamil Burroughs had a heck of a spring and was probably one of the most consistent defensive linemen that you hadn't seen on the field yet. So that's essentially outside of Dale, LeBoigby, and Byron Young. We're coming into the spring. I mean, coming in the fall, you're thinking, man, Jamil Burroughs is the best that we've gotten that we have after a boy we do, we could be in trouble. So good to see Tim Smith step up, man. Jaheim Otis, I mean, the guy's listed as the number two on, on his spot. So that's impressive. Unblockable. Pete Golding had a lot of stuff to say about him. His big thing was the weight. He was able to drop the weight. So I'm excited. I'm excited about Tim Smith. There's some, there's always, I feel like Alabama every year for since really 2020 when Barmore stepped up and last year, Phil Mathis stepped up. And have a guy that we slept on a little bit across the defensive line turn into a monster. And that's what you had. That's what you had with Barmore. That's what you had with Mathis. And if it can be Byron Young, which a lot of people are predicting it to be, or Tim Smith, I think you got to be really excited about what you can do to plug the middle because we know it's going to be tough to block, to block the edge rushers. We're going to have a good interior pass rush, I think, with Byron Young, who I think per snap played across the defensive line last year, actually had the most tackles for loss for Alabama. So when he was on the field, like he led that category. So that, that's pretty impressive. I'm, I'm excited about the D-line. Yeah, but Brian Branch was kind of the one that I didn't even know until you just said it because I wasn't expecting any surprises on the defensive depth chart that I completely glossed over the DBs on, when Saban released that on Monday. Yeah, the good thing about the defensive line is the depth. I think there's six guys – um, now, you don't have anybody like your Jonathan Allen, your Quentin Williams that just stand out head and shoulders above everybody else. But I think one thing about this team is that you have a lot of above average to good players. And I don't think you have any, you know, bona fide first round draft picks, but you got Byron Young, you got Justin Boygby, um, you got DJ Dale, Jaheim Otis. And then you've got Tim Smith and Jamil Burroughs, the guy that you just mentioned, who did have the great spring, and they really love his pass rush ability. So he might be, you know, a third down interior guy to go get a quarterback and keep the pocket from collapsing. Um, so I think that's one thing that we have to have because I think your linebacker play is going to be great. I think your secondary play is going to be really, really good. Um, so the only question mark, right now than anybody has on defense for Alabama is that interior defensive line. I think that is really helpful that if you've got two guys that aren't working, you can plug two more in there. And if those guys aren't working, you can plug two more. Now, if all six of them aren't doing good, then you're screwed. Then you're down to what you got Tim Keenan and Jai Marie Latham and Damon Payne, according to the depth chart. So you definitely don't want that, but uh, yeah, you know, Jalen Moody beats out Deontay Lawson for that second middle linebacker spot. Um, are we sure about Will Anderson starting? I don't know. He really hadn't gotten a lot of reps. But uh, the corners. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. Don't. Don't even want to see him until don't Texas. Do don't even want to see him in the second half of that one. Don't even yeah. practice. Let him ride around his Porsche from campus all day. Don't even practice, bro. Just feed him crystal burgers and just and just get him get him to Austin safely. Put him on like a separate plane with everybody else just in case. But anyway, like cornerback situation, um, there's four guys that are and ors, you know, Ricks, Kool-Aid, Terion, and Kyrie. Interesting to see. I I if we had to guess right now, Lester, who do you who do, if you could guess the the first two corners that are coming out, who do you think it's gonna be? I'm gonna say Kool-Aid and um not Ricks, but uh the other guy. Uh, there's two other guys. There's Kyrie Jackson and Terry on Arnold. Which one do you think? Too late in Kyrie. 
those two. Kool-Aid and Kyrie. I think it's going to be Kool-Aid and Terry on Arnold. That's just what I'm going to go with. J-Lo, who do you think it's going to be? Uh, if Kyrie's back 100%, I think it should be at least be Kyrie. Dude, I – are they going to let Terry on play himself out of the job? They could. I mean, he's not going to, he's not a better corner than Kyrie, but you're going to need, you're going to need Kyrie versus Texas or Eli versus Texas. So why even roll Terry on Arnold out there? Yeah. Um, offensively, really no surprises. You got Kenna Randolph, a left guard. We talked about that last week. Uh, Prentice Burton and Holden, your top three receivers, as was in the scrimmage a couple of weeks ago. So, really, no surprises there. Um, your specialists, pump returners, Kool Aid, uh, that was expected. And then your kick returners can be Corey Brooks and Jameer Gibbs. That's also expected. So, um, pretty basic as far as the depth chart goes. Um, so, you know, really just moving on into this weekend. We finally got games to discuss, um, you know, Alabama, Utah State, Auburn, Mercer, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Oregon, Georgia. So there are some pretty big games in this week one. Um, let's start with Bama, Utah State. Utah State, a team that that beat UConn by, what, 10 last week? 10, 13, something like that. Not overly impressive. Gave up, like, what, 150 yards or something rushing in the first quarter. And then, but they really tightened it up, only gave up like 100 over the rest of the game. I think they ended up giving up like 245 total um, to UConn. But, you know, an offense, you know, under Blake Anderson, that's can be explosive. Uh, they won 11 games last year. They returned their quarterback. Um, bunch of Samoan dudes. So they're going to be gritty. They're going to be nasty. They're going to be tatted. Uh, we all love the Samoans. But uh, Lester, give me a breakdown of how you think this game is going to go. Because I mean, we we know how it's going to go. Um, give me a breakdown of what you think is going to happen, and give me a score prediction. I think this is going to be one of those games that Nick Saban loves. Um, I think Utah State might give us a little bit of trouble. Not saying it's going to be close at halftime, but they might convert some third downs. They may move the ball down the field. Because, uh, like I said, this is a, you know an eleven win team was impressive, you know, regardless of who you are. So I don't think this is just going to be a a rollover game like seventy to zero or nothing like that. But if they scored twenty one twenty four, I I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so I'm going to say probably fifty five twenty. I'm going to go with that one fifty five twenty uh, Bama. And does that cover? I'm not sure what the line is. It keeps going up. I think it opened at 38, and then uh, I, think it, I think it got down to maybe 36, I want to say. And then after UConn's performance, uh, everybody thinks Jameer Gibbs might run for about 300 yards. So <laughs> uh, I think it shot up to around 39, 40 something okay. like that. I don't, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think we cover the spread either. I'm looking at something. Uh, there's a 6% chance of rain in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. Um, you know, Will Anderson hadn't been playing much in the scrimmage or in the scrimmages this fall. So I'd be surprised if they leave him out in, on a rainy field with the opportunity to, you know, slip and, and pull something, tear something. There's just no need for that. Once you get up by three, four scores, really just coast. And I understand that you want to get game reps. Um, 
but in reality, practice is better than going against a team like this. And you hate to say that. And I'm not saying Utah State's a bad team. They're just not on the caliber of Alabama. I mean, be no different if you were playing SEC teams like, you know, Mississippi State uh, scored like one touchdown against Bama in two years. Um, you know, Missouri, Vandy. I mean, there's teams in conference that Alabama would benefit more from just doing a regular scrimmage um, than actually going and playing the game. But uh, so I get you want to get game reps for your guys, but I think Saban's going to get them in, get them out. I'm looking at maybe 45 to 13. That's what I'm thinking, 45-14. J-Lo, what what kind of guess do you have on this one on Saturday? Yeah, I'm just going to say, man, I hope I know Blake Anderson's offense is capable of scoring points. You hope that that they don't put anything on tape on our defense to where mastermind Steve Sarkeesian can draw some things up for, for next week. But um, I don't know, man. I, I, a part of me thinks that Saban knows we win the Natty last year without injury, so you're going to protect everybody at all costs. But on the other side of that, you you have to get your second guys legitimate reps. I'm, I'm talking maybe throwing the ball until there's eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, not deep down the field, but running your stuff to help Jalen Milrow get reps, to to help Ja'Cory Brooks and Chaz Preston and all the other guys that are in the wide receiver room that have never taken a college legitimate snap get reps. The second team offensive line, which he keeps saying is the second team is not progressing the way that they wanted them to throughout the fall. To me, that's a problem. I mean, use this as practice. You mentioned practice. You have to be better in practice, but you know, you, you're not sanctioned in the game. You do whatever you want to do until, until the clock hits zero. So I could see a 52 to 13, 52 to 17 type of game, but I don't expect Will Anderson to play a lot. Um, especially when it doesn't matter. I don't expect Dallas Turner, Henry. I really don't expect any of the defensive starters other than the ones that he wants to get reps to play a lot. And almost everybody on this defense is proven. I mean, Byron Young's proven. A boy, he's been here for five years and you know what they're going to get out of him. Your two corners, I could see them staying in for three and a half quarters. Battle, Hellums, get them out of there. I just think that Saban sees the best of both worlds when it comes to not getting our starters injured, but also say, seeing – our second team guys have to get legit reps. You cannot do what you did last year and then suffer injuries down the stretch and have nobody to be able to step up. So I could see a 52 to 17 type of game, maybe 59, 17, somewhere along there, but n- not in the 60s. Beating a dead horse, J-Law. I mean, gosh, we've said this for years. And, you know, really since 2017, that was the last time because when Tua came in as a freshman, Dable would throw it all over the lot. I mean, he he was – we were letting it rip. I mean, I think what Henry Rose like first five or six catches were touchdowns, and they were all in trash time, and they were all – because two was just delivering the ball on the freaking money and throwing the ball downfield, and uh, and he was scoring. And – but, yeah, ever since then, um, you really haven't haven't seen a lot of production from the backups whenever they get in. That's because they're not given the opportunity. So, you know – it's it's really worrisome when your quarterback's you know a buck seventy soaking wet and you got a better offensive line but you know it just takes one shot to really knock him out and I'm telling you you lose number nine then you're looking at a two or three loss season I think at Arkansas is a pick 'em um, maybe at Ole Miss um, you're looking at 
not Texas. I don't. I don't, don't want to say Texas. I don't think Texas has the horses up front on the defensive line to stay with Alabama. We'll talk about that next week, though. Um, there's there's plenty of games where Alabama has to go on the road in hostile environments, uh, Death Valley, Knoxville, um, where you've got a you you feel really good about it when you've got number nine taking the snaps. But if if Milrose back there, then you have a whole different feeling, and there might be a whole different outcome. So do what you can to protect nine, get him out of the game as early as possible. Um, he's not going to win back to back Heisman's anyway. They're not going to vote a Bama player three times. It Will Anderson can go off for a hundred sacks this year, and they're not going to give it to him. So if you're a betting man, and you want to win a little money, put a couple, of, put some coin on anybody else. Make like three or four different bets. You know, one of them's going to hit Stroud, Williams whoever else it is. Um, but uh, Lester, moving over to the Plains, TJ Finley getting the nod. It's a starting quarterback. I don't mean to laugh when I say that, guys. I'm sorry. That I don't know where that came from. That just came out of nowhere. Um, TJ Finley's <laughs> excuse me, getting the nod as a starting quarterback uh, for the Fighting Auburn Tigers. They're playing the hapless Mercer Bears, Lester. Um Give a score prediction of of how the uh, of how the second year of the Bryson Brian Harson tenure will go over there on the plains this weekend. So does Mercer run anything fun? Like are they like a triple option team? Or are you asking? Like are you asking me? Yeah, I, 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 I yeah, no... I'm, I'm fresh out of Mercer film. Okay. I apologize. If they were, I was going to predict a close one, but I'll I'll give TJ Finley and Auburn. I'll give them. I'll say 48 to 24. I know nothing about their defense or anything like that. Um, they should beat up on an inferior team. This might be one where just Tank Bigsby just goes for mm-hmm. you know, 200 yards just because and three touchdowns or whatever. They yeah, I'll, to I'll, it. yeah they, they like to do that in these kinds of games. So, um, yeah, I'll go 45, 21, 24, something like that. What's so great about Auburn fans is they love to run their backups against these guys and just continue just to trash them and trash them and trash them on the ground, like with not just straight ahead runs, but, you know, different run concepts. And then, because I remember like the last two games or the first two games of last season, I think Jarquez Hunter, true freshman, had like 250 yards or something like that. It was absurd as a backup. He was just going ham on these little schools. And then in SEC play, he averaged like 1.7 yards a carry or something like that. And they just – they gassed him up so high. I mean, he was so hyped up, which, you know, they love to do over there. I'm going to say 17 to 14. I'm just playing. I'm not going to – I'm not going to guess a uh, another heroic comeback by TJ Finley like the Georgia State game last year. Um, I'm going to say 45 to – 17, 45-14. Auburn's defense is better than their offense. Um, they're not world beaters. They're probably – but I would say it's probably top five defense in the SEC, I would say. You're looking at, you know, Bama, Georgia, A&M's got some talent. LSU's always got talent. Um, Mississippi State's pretty solid on defense. They got a bunch of returning starters. Arkansas's got bumper pool, Drew Sanders. Um, so – maybe fifth or sixth in the SEC defensively, but offensively you're talking about a team that might be in, might end up ranked 12th in conference in, in offense. Uh, if TJ Finley is not 
showing miraculous improvement, which that remains to be seen. Whatever he does in this game, it doesn't matter. Um, of course, there'll be people that are ready to crown him the Heisman Trophy winner after Saturday. Um, then he'll go off against San Jose State, too, and then he'll get a wake-up call. Um, I think is how it's going to go, but, you know, that's for another day soon. Um, J-Law, what do, you, what do you have going on in Auburn this weekend? What's your score prediction? Uh, I'm going to – so, yeah, listen, Brian Harson took the Gus Malzahn approach to start his career last year, beat the living hell out of an inferior opponent, rush for 400 yards. Uh, and just completely dominate the line of scrimmage when you can, which was it was always so hard to judge what a Gus Malzahn team was going to do in a season until they got in the middle of SEC play because they would literally destroy Alabama A and M, um, and Mercer. They tack one, and then they they play like the worst SEC team the first SEC game of the year, and then you really see what they were. I mean, Auburn's going to win this game. Mercer could be a little challenging. I mean, um, but. 37 to 17, 37, 14 type of game. I don't see them. I don't, I think this is like game one where it starts to, yeah, they're going to win it. But you're like, did TJ Finley miss that wide open guy? Did like his, did, did they drop this pass again? Um, is Tank, did their starting center retire from football like he's Tom Brady a week before the season started? <laughs> I mean, like, did y'all realize they had a six-year senior retire from college football? Just up and quit. I Dude, I'm out of here, dude. This sucks. I'm, I don't want to be here. Hello, come on. What What would you rather do? Would you rather play in a stadium full of 85,000 people and travel to all around the Southeastern Conference, or would you want to be in the pilot's chair of a Delta airline with some nerdy ass co-pilot for God knows how long. What would you rather do for the next four months? Now remember, football season is only four months because you know Auburn ain't going to you know anywhere <laughs> special after that. So for four yeah, that months, one ends in November, buddy. Delay, for four months, he couldn't delay his career. He wanted to get the hell out of Auburn. But that's dude, all, you've that's gone through spring. Said. You've done yes. fall camp, and you Summer. say, you know what, dude, this game week. I quit. I mean, that's but that's your center. That's the captain of your offensive line. I mean, that's the guy. So to me, I don't know, man. Like they're they were already bad up front. They were going to be better probably just because everybody came back because they all sucked. Um, <laughs> Chase sent their receivers list, dude. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I could probably, if you showed me every SEC team's first five receivers off the bench, I would probably know two of them. I've never heard of any of these guys. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. literally don't know any of these people. And if it weren't for Tank Bigsby, I wouldn't know anybody else either. And the only reason I know Tank Bigsby or remember him is because Gary Danielson talked about how he ran out of bounds for nine months. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't see the season going well. They'll win this game. The, um, they might even, they might, they might even beat Penn State because it's injured and hair. But like Chase said, dude, they, they have a they have a good defense. But this is the year of defense in the SEC. This is going to be another one of those years that the SEC, like, dude, there's some, the defenses have retaken the offenses from a top to bottom standpoint. I'd put Auburn at fifth or sixth, which isn't saying anything bad about their defense. I think there's some really good defenses in the league, but their offense, man, they're going to. I mean, what do you think they averaged last year? They didn't average thirty. I think they averaged under twenty-seven. I mean, do they average once the year's under? They average twenty-six points per game. Um, yeah, and it was a huge drop off once Bro went out. Um, right, and then know uh, you lose Kobe Hudson, uh, who's a big receiver for you—not big, but 
you know, one of your best receivers. And yeah, like you said, these receivers, we know a lot of guys that play college football and I, I never heard of a lot of these guys and I did their high school recruiting rankings the other day. And I think the average across all the, their high school recruiting rankings was like four, what, four fifty or something like that. It was terrible. Yeah, that's not, it's not good. No. I mean, you usually leave like a couple bad spots for like the one guy on your offensive line that wasn't great coming out of high school for Alabama. That'll be like Tyler Steen or normally your center because they just don't rank many centers. And then normally in the SEC, you're gonna have some. You're gonna average about two seventy five, three hundred a player. Dude, all they're they're way down there. And you know, TJ Finley, a lot of people thought that he could be a star, but I just don't. Well, coming out of high school, I know Drew argues with that guy on Twitter Keith Miller. all the time that said TJ. Yeah, he said he's going to be a star, but they don't even have the firepower for a quarterback to be a star. You could put Bryce Young on that team with his surrounding cast. What does he get? One more win out of Auburn than they would get? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Bryce Young's top five college quarterback ever to play the game. Ever up there? Yeah, I do. I would, especially if he has a repeat performance of what he did last year. Bryce, just with his intangibles and the way he moves in the pocket and he can move out of the pocket and doesn't take off and scramble, but he also has that ability to get you a first down if he needs to, and he's so great with his decisions. I mean, you rarely see him outside the pocket make a bad throw. Now, when Tua got out of the pocket, he was going to throw a pick every time or either he was going to tear his hip in half. Um, So Bryce is fast enough to get away from people and he's smart enough to like, hey, you know, I've got – I can easily get seven, eight yards with my feet, but I can throw this ball down here, and I'm deadly accurate. You know, I sent y'all that video that passed against Ole Miss where he threw a 20-yard rope to Mechie, and his feet were like square. Like everything was square to the end zone. And, I mean, it's like a street ball throw. And he's just amazing. He doesn't – like Mac gotta be from the pocket, gotta have time, gotta have space. Bryce, he can I mean he can throw with his feet. Doesn't matter where his feet are. Um, he can make every single throw. And yeah, I I will I will say that. And as far especially as far as talent and intangibles and just leadership. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to say is, it now, but you know, is he, he already is he already the best Alabama quarterback of all time? Uh, you know, you, you have to say, let's wait and see. But man, like, because I mean, Alabama's receiving core last year is it not the worst since what 2011 pre coop? Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, I know Mechie stepped up for us, I get it, but yeah, JMO, and then you had a bunch of they're just they're throwing a slate bowl. I don't want to trash slate tonight, slate but... started every game. Every game, he was your number three. Two years ago, three years ago, you know who Tua's number three was? Devonta Smith. He won the Heisman. You yeah. know who his number four was? Jalen Waddle. Like, <laughs> I mean, so crazy. goodness. And he, like, and he did it under Bill O'Brien, like an NFL guy who's play calling we constantly trash every single week. And Bryce goes off and wins the Heisman with – an offensive line who was like, well, were we like 10th and rushing in the SEC last year? We were like first or second in sacks given up. 
I mean – Oh, yeah. We led the league in negative plays and sacks allowed. So Yeah. So, do you know how special you got to be to, like, withstand all that, have two running backs tear your ACL? You're stuck with Brian Robinson, who's probably our worst running back in the last decade. Um, and he's he's a good running back, and you know, speedy recovery to him. We hope hope he gets well soon after that tragic, you know, accident incident in uh in DC this past week. But like he was not, you know, your Derrick Henry, TJ Yeldon, Eddie Lacy, Trent Richardson, Mark Ingram. I mean, even Damian Harris, you know, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. I mean, you know, Jace, Roy Dell, we're both better. That's why, you know, I mean, I, anyway, yeah. Bryce, with what he had around him, met, I mean, took took a team to a national championship, very impressive. But anyway, we'll, he's got he's got to do it again. I think he's got a lot more talent around him if they can stay healthy. Um, Lester, I don't I don't expect you to break these games down. Just tell me who's going to win. And we won't do this every week. The reason we're doing it this week is simply because. We don't have a game to break down. So, you know, next week we'll come in, we'll talk about the Utah State game, talk about the Auburn game, and then, you know, talk about the next week. Uh, you know, Auburn, San Jose State, Alabama, Texas, stuff like that. Um, but this week, you know, we're going to take a look around the college football landscape. West Virginia at Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh loses Kenny Pickett, but uh, Keaton Slovis from USC transfers in. And then uh, West Virginia starting quarterback. Lester, any guesses on who that is? No idea, but um, their head coach is uh, old Troy guy, Neil Brown, right? That's right. Still there? Uh, it's a battle, the tra- battle of the transfer quarterbacks. Old JT Daniels up there in Mountain oh, Country. God. Yep, Country Rose, take me home. So you got JT Daniels versus Keaton Slovis. Who do you who do you think gets the dub here? It's at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's favored by a touchdown. Yeah, I'll take Pittsburgh in that one. I'm not. I don't know anything about either of those teams, but I'll take Pittsburgh. I think they got a lot of replace, a lot to replace. Um, right, right. Yeah, Jordan Addison also went to USC. Right, um, but you know we'll see. I'll give them home field advantage. I'll say Pittsburgh close. I don't even. I don't know if they cover the seven. Jay, what you got? In, what you got in this one? Eat shit, Pitt. I like West Virginia. Okay. Okay. Dude, I, yeah. I didn't know that that existed like you Dude. texted I had no idea but I like the tradition yeah props to Matthew uh, our youngest gump runner uh, sending us a TikTok of of a what was the song oh it's uh, Sweet, Caroline. Sweet Caroline Neil Diamond and instead of the bum 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 their fans go eat shit pit <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious if you haven't seen that go look it up because I did not know just like J-Law I didn't know that existed until uh, his little brother sent it to us today um, Lester, Notre Dame, Ohio State, a helmet game, two yeah. tradition rich programs. Yeah. You know, hey, 40 years ago, this is what maybe a pick 'em, maybe one or two point spread, but 17 points. Ohio State's favorite in this one. And Lester thinks they cover. Yes, Tell I do. Why. I do. Um, I just think that Ohio State will probably be in the college football playoff. Deservedly so. They're probably going to have, you know, Heisman Trophy uh, contender quarterback. Is Stroud one or two in the Heisman Trophy? He's still a favorite, right? Yeah, he, he should be. 
Yeah, yeah, he should be if he's sure not. He um, and then Marcus Freeman had the little press conference, I guess, about a week ago and gave Ohio State just a lot of bulletin board material, I feel like. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to take Ohio State and the points. Um, you know, Freeman is just an unproven guy right now, talented, no doubt, I'm sure. But until he proves it, I'm going to go with Ohio State and the points. Yeah, um, <clears throat> something new that we're going to be doing on the Gunprinters podcast this year is called the the bet of the week. Something that we feel really good about, and something that you would throw a hundred bucks on or whatever. Lester, was this yours? Is that right? Didn't you tell me that before the show? Yes, this would be my bet of the week for sure. Ohio State to cover minus seventeen points. So thirty four seventeen doesn't get it, right? Um. 38-21, no dice. Got to get over that 17. That's always a tough line to bet. But Lester said, take the Buckeyes at the horseshoe. Um, I think there's going to be new energy under Marcus Freeman. Um, you know, I'm not saying that the team is near as talented as Ohio State. I think 17 is a little too steep, though. I'm going to say Ohio State wins 41-28. What would that be? 13? Yeah. yeah we'll say, say 41-28, Buckeyes. J-Lo, who you got in this one? Yeah, so I like Ohio State. I'm intrigued about um, Ohio State's defense. Are they going to be much better? Because last year, they give up like 400 yards on the ground to somebody. I mean, they got – there was a couple games last year where they got absolutely just ran all over. And it doesn't really matter how much you score after that. Your defense just can't – after you give up 200 on the ground, you're toast. So, I'm intrigued to see it. I know it's in the shoe. First game of the year, place is going to be rocking. I think the Ohio State defense is going to play inspired because of just how bad they were last year. Um, listen, and their top receivers left, but man, they got Smith in Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr., the favorite to win the Heisman, and CJ Stroud, a dynamic offense that already led the nation in scoring last year. Probably going to do it again this year. I like them in this one. I don't know if it's 17, I like them by at least two scores, but this just tells you where we're at in college football now that the Habs, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State really doesn't matter who they play. They're probably going to be a two-score favorite every time they play somebody. This is a top-five matchup, and we got a 17-point favorite. And they want to continue to um, make it easier for the big boys, Alabama and Georgia, because I'm fine with to get more players, get more talent, pay more money, and widen the gap. This is a top-five matchup, 17-point spread. I like Ohio State by 14 or more, though. Let's go. Um, moving on to the next one. Uh, Oregon and Georgia. Now, Lester, this is my bet of the week. I'm still going to let you go first. Um, but I got something that might surprise you. So, this line right here, <laughs> J-Lo, did you read 17 earlier? Because I'm seeing 17 and a half right here. Uh, I'm on ESPN.com. It's, it says minus 17, but it's, it could have yeah. moved. and They just didn't update it yet. Yeah. Um, Georgia, or Georgia laying 17, Lester, big line. What do you think about that one? Yeah, and I don't I don't care who the starting quarterback for Oregon is. Um I I think that I think that Kirby has been under Nick Saban enough to have all of the, you know, 
stay on top of the mountain and don't get complacent and run all that for, you know, Cincinnati championship game. So I think that Georgia is going to play inspired football and they are going to whoop Oregon's tail, regardless of who the quarterback is. And if Bo Nix is the quarterback, the score is going to be even worse. So that's my prediction. There's so many things. This is my bet of the week. And, but there's so many things that are pulling on me from both sides here, because like you just said, if Bo starts a quarterback, George has played him twice. Um, so, wait a minute. No, three times. Um, so, you played him three times. You know his tendencies. Uh, you know what he likes to do, where he likes to go with the ball, where he's not comfortable throwing the ball. You've seen a bunch of film on him. You got Dan Lanning, who was Georgia's defensive coordinator last year. So, what kind of offense is he going to run? How much does he know about Georgia? And then you look at Georgia. Um, Kirby's really taught this camp about their lack of, of of talent at receiver. And now he didn't say that, but you know your best receiver transfers to Alabama. Um, by far and away, your best pass catcher is Brock Bowers, your tight end. Um, but he was talking about there's a lot of drops. There were some injuries at receiver, and so there's not a lot of depth there. So as far as running the ball, look, Georgia's always going to have the big offensive linemen. They're always going to have the great running backs. They're going to be able to run the football, but that chews up clock. And I think Georgia's defense, it's not going to be close to what it was last year, but there ain't no slouches over there. I mean, they they were recruiting Bama-type players. Uh, Nolan Smith is back. Jalen Carter's projected top five draft pick. I mean, they got some dogs over there so their defense is still going to be elite it's not going to be as elite as it was last year because I think last year could have possibly been the best defense in college football history I mean there was dudes everywhere when however many they had drafted I forgot but they're still going to have a lot of talent on that side of the ball they're going to make some mistakes um, because there's some inexperience especially in the back end you got Keely Ringo but you know you're breaking in two new safeties um, but uh I'm going to say at minus 17, I just don't see Georgia scoring more than 28 points. So if I'm sitting here saying, I mean, if Oregon can get to 13, I think I'm going to take Oregon and the points plus 17. And I've thought about it and I've thought about it. And, you know, all week I was like, I'm just going to hammer Georgia, hammer Georgia. But, as I was just literally sitting here making up my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna take Oregon because I, I you know, you got to put the ball in the put the ball in the end zone once, and then maybe two cheap field goals, maybe one of them late. Say 28-13 Georgia winning by 15, but Oregon covers. J-Lo, what you got for this? Yeah, I like Georgia. Two scores probably. How does it get to the 17? Man, I I just don't. You look at Oregon. They didn't fire their coach. They weren't bad. Their coach did a good enough job to go get go to his alma mater, a school that paid him a lot more money. So um, there's talent there. There's offensive talent there. There's defensive talent there. Cristobal recruited pretty well, but he's, uh, to me, still a pretty – I think he's a piss-poor in-game coach, if you want me to. I mean, like, the guy I – mean, he, he might have done less with more than maybe anybody in college football last year. Especially Just, with the competition that he's playing. Absolutely. Like, you should have – Oregon should have been in the college football playoff under his watch, and they weren't. So, um, 
there is talent there. Dan Lanning, we don't know what style of offense he's going to run. Don't know his offensive coordinator. He can change that up. I know Bo Nix is, is, is his QB if he starts. Um, I just – Georgia's just such a grinded-out team, and they're going to be more physical, stronger. They're going to play action to death after the run game. I think they can get to the 17 and a half. I think they can beat the 17, get to 18. I'll go 31-13 dogs. It's also in Atlanta. I mean, it's in Mercedes-Benz, so 60,000 Georgia fans, 17,000 Oregon fans. I mean, I, I, I like Georgia in this one. It's going to be a grinded-out game, but I think they can. I think they actually can cover the, the three-score, 17. Um, last one we'll do, and then we'll get to J-Law's bet of the week because um, we haven't gotten to it yet. Um, Lester, Utah, preseason ranked number seven in the country, traveling to the swamp. Um, you know, this is a, a cold weather team playing in a, in a warm weather state and with the humid, they've never felt anything like what they're going to feel down there in the swamp. Um, and Utah State's favored by two and a half. This is really intriguing to me just because of the weather. Lester, tell me who you, who you think can win this game. And Billy Napier's debut. Right, Billy's debut. I, this is a toss-up for sure. Because, I mean, I, I'm I'm going to lean Florida because surely if it boils down to anything else, they're going to be bigger, faster, stronger, and more acclimated to the climate down there. Um but man, favored it on the road in the swamp. That's bizarre. I, I'm I'm going to lean Florida. Um, I I, I it, it'll be really interesting to watch this game because I'll be really interested to see how Billy Napier does. Um, they may not have the dogs just yet to beat them, but I'll predict the upset here. I'll I'll say Florida. Mm, okay, so the swamp prevails. The swamp uh, prevails. Yeah, man. I mean, you know. We're actually going to see this firsthand whenever Wisconsin comes to Bryant-Denny in a few years. Uh, just, you know, it's warm up there, but, you know, you're going to get 88, maybe 90, 91. You're not going to get 99 with humidity like you are down here. I mean, when you come down here, even in early September, you're going to have 93, 94 degrees with hella humidity. And, uh, you know, when you're in Utah or Wisconsin, you just don't – and in Florida, in the swamp, it's even worse. Um, we went down there in, what, mid-September last year, and I about died. You know, it, it was it's sticky, that sticky, muggy swamp hot. And, uh, and so Utah going down there, this is very tough to pick. Uh, I – I like Anthony Richardson, um, Florida's quarterback. Um, but I think as far as their their weakness on defense is is up front. And we all know Utah's gonna run the damn football. I mean, they're gonna run it and run it and run it. And uh and I don't think Florida has the talent right now or the depth uh to stop a run game over four quarters. Um, you know, Utah's um <clears throat> uh, Stamina is going to be tested in this game, but I think if they can get over that, I like Utah. I like Utah to win by a field goal. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say, say 31 28. How about that? I think Florida can score a little bit, but uh, say 31 28. Um, Lester looks like we lost J Law. Hopefully, we'll get him back here in a minute. Um, 
But uh, you did your bet of the week. Let's see. Any other games we want to go over? What about Penn State and Purdue? That's tomorrow. We're recording this on Wednesday. So whenever I release this, it'll be tonight. Um, Penn State and Purdue, Lester. This is, you know, you talk about Penn State going to, to Auburn in week three. Purdue is actually, you know, Penn State's favored by three and a half in this game. A lot of people are, a lot of money's going to Purdue. Uh, they don't think, you know, Penn State's got their quarterback back, Sean Clifford, but not a very good team all the way around. Not one of James Franklin's best. Tell me who you like in this game. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna lay with um Penn State there. Um James Franklin, he's still hanging around up there. He how's it how do you think he's done at Penn State? He's I don't know. I, I thought he was gonna do really, really good things there. I guess he's done all right. But I'm gonna lean Penn State and uh yeah, get some Thursday night football going. That'll be a good game to watch. I didn't know that. So yeah, I'll be glad to watch some college football. You got Tennessee ball state tomorrow. Get a get, get a look at the balls. I think Tennessee's favored by uh a lot. 30, 35. <laughs> um, yeah, so I might lay some on the uh, might lay some on, on the volunteers, but that game could be 45 to 10. I think, I think Tennessee, I think it's gonna be like 55 to 20 or something, yeah, because like I mean, they got they got to try to impress this year, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, they're gonna. They're, their year to try to like make a move in the SEC finally. Yeah, so they're gonna run up on everybody. I feel like. Hey, I'd say another another line to watch out for. Troy plus twenty two. They're getting twenty two at Ole Miss. I'm just saying, watch out for the Trojans. I'm not saying they're not gonna win the game, but that might be a good line for you gamblers out there. Um, JLo, our last thing we got to do your bet of the week. Go ahead and, and tell us what you got there. Yeah, I don't know what just happened. My phone literally just turned off while we while we all were talking. It started like I, I could hear it, everything Lester said nine times in a row, and it just turned off. But uh, actually, my bet of the week is is Utah, Florida. Utah favored in the swamp. If this was if this game was in October, I'd say okay, mm-hmm. dude. It's nasty. Chance of rain, hot, sweaty, eighty thousand in front of you. I, I like Florida. I'm not even saying they're going to win. I just think that they somehow cover this three-point spread I or win it outright. Tough for me to buy Utah coming in. Listen, they're a national championship contender just because they play in the Pac-12. If they're in any other conference other than the Big 12, you'd probably project them to be fourth or fifth in the league. So um, give me give me Florida in this one. It's my bet of the week. I wanted to do a close game. Lester picked a seventeen point spread. <laughs> me too. Like I needed a I needed one that feels close. And I, I think Florida can. I think they can win it outright. Not saying that they will, but I think they can cover this. Yes, yeah, a good point with the Swamp Ben Hill Griffin Stadium holds around ninety ninety one thousand. But uh, and that's something that Utah is really not used to playing in front of. I mean the Austin Zoo at Oregon. They talk about how it's so loud. It's a whole like forty five grand or something, like forty thousand people. Um, but uh, yeah, Lester's former team, the Florida Gators, going to battle against the Utah Utes. Hey, how about Sunday? Let's do this one real quick. I forgot about LSU and Florida State. Lester, who do you have for LSU and Florida State? And then we'll get out of here. I'm going to take LSU for sure. That's I think, and so I don't too. think it's going to be particularly be close because I still think the Florida State's just kind of a dumpster fire right now. Mm-hmm. They they. They may be on the right track, but they're going nowhere on the right track right now. So, yeah, I'm going to take LSU and for Brian Kelly to uh, try to make a statement in his first game as a, you know, 
Tigers head coach. Yeah, Jaden Daniels getting the nod at quarterback down there. The Arizona State transfer. Um, number two, dual threat quarterback coming out of high school, um, right behind old Bo Nix. And uh, they both ended up transferring. That's pretty crazy. But, um, yeah, I'm going to say LSU wins that one by more than three points. So, then that's a that's an easy line to take. And that line, I think, might be around five, five and a half by kickoff. Uh, J-Lo, who you got in that one? Yeah, Florida State's the worst major team in Florida. I mean, they're not better than Miami. They're not better than UCF. Um, Mike Norvell, dude, it's kind of crazy that he was the like the hottest name on the board a few years ago. Took took Memphis to a different level even after they were already good. Florida State is just a bad place since 2016, man. Since game one, 2016, it has not been pretty. I like LSU in this one. Brian Kelly, I think it's a smarter move than a lot of people give him credit for. They have more talent than a lot of people think they have just because of how bad their record was last year and the year before. This is a team that can, could, could surprise some people. Kayshawn's still there, a top projected top five, top ten pick. You know they got some studs on defense. They can play fast, play physical. I like LSU in this one. I like LSU by – I would take them. If it was about eight and a half, I'd still take them. Yeah, and another thing, LSU lost like what? 10 or 15 kids in the transfer portal. I mean, everybody bailed out after Coach O left. And he was able to bring in a couple. Um, but, you know, you lose Max Johnson to AM, and um, Almost lost Boutte, but you didn't. You held on to him um, thanks to the boosters down there. But, uh, yeah, you know, there's always – you really never know. There's always a lot of talent. They always recruited well, but they lost so much in their depth is very, very thin. Um, they got to build that back up through the portal and through the recruiting, <clears throat> through high school recruiting. But um, all right, guys, man, it's been a long summer. It's been a long time since January. Um, you know, Alabama's 0-1 in 2022. It's not a lot – you know, it's something that not a lot of people understand. They have not won a game this year. And uh, and so it's about time to, to get to 500 – and um, been a long time, just ready to see Bryce Young play quarterback. Uh, that'll make my day. I uh, want everybody to have a happy Labor Day. All you gamblers out there, happy hunting. Um, take somebody's ass to the bank. And uh, and uh, hopefully hopefully we helped you out a little bit. Hopefully our predictions don't hurt too bad. But uh, until next week, this is episode 67 of the Gumprunners Podcast. Chase Thornton, Lester Mitchell, Jeremy Law. See you guys.